Good evening, everybody. Uh, first, I'll introduce. Um, good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to what I'm sure will be a fascinating webinar tonight. The subject is what Israel can learn from the Palestinians about victory with Dr. Ron Schleifer. Dr. Ron Schleifer is a senior lecturer at Israel's Ariel University and head of the Ariel Center for Defense and Communication, where he specializes in psychological warfare. He is the author of many books and a regular media commentator on issues related to information warfare. He received a BA and MA from Hebrew University and a PhD from Leeds University in the UK. Um, I will say before Dr. Schleifer begins his remarks, uh, he'll speak for about 15 minutes, more or less, and then we will take questions. So if you have any questions on anything that's uh, being talked about, please, you can already start writing them as you think of them in the Q&A, Q uh, and we will get to them uh, after the initial remarks. Uh, Dr. Schleifer, if you'd like to take it away. Okay. Um, hold on. Right. Okay. Hi, uh, good evening, everyone. Um, um, my name is Ron Schleifer. Uh, thanks for the generous uh, introduction. I deal with psychological warfare, which uh, is something uh, quite non-PC um, uh, subject and people don't like it uh, either because uh, people don't like to be reminded of the fact that there can be so easily manipulated. Um, what I'd like to uh, discuss uh, during this webinar uh, is to outline the strategy of the uh, Palestinians, uh, Palestinian Arabs, uh, since the late 1960s. Uh, and then uh, we can uh, derive or deduct what can be learned uh, from, uh, from, this, uh, from this marvelous operation. I've been dealing with two main issues in the past uh, 40 years uh, my work of research. One issue is how come that Israel, which is, has been for many, many, many years, but uh, still is uh, so advanced in so many things, uh, in technology and in, um, in everything uh, imaginable, uh, is doing so poorly when it comes to propaganda. And uh, the other issue, which uh, is still find it fascinating, is the uh, phenomenon of the PLO. Uh, 60 years ago, there were on the world agenda were dozens of uh, terrorist organizations. And yet they all uh, withered away uh, in, uh, within, within the years uh, some of the sooner, some of them a bit later, but nobody was so successful as the PLO, uh, which achieved the most of his uh, most of its uh, its uh, goals, which it set uh, to itself in the uh, in the late 1960s. Um, and the way uh, they first of all, let me say that there is a body increasing body of evidence which is popping up uh, in the past few years that the PLO is practically an invention of uh, the Soviets, not just the, uh, not just the support 
which is well documented, which is received uh, from the Soviet Union, but um, the actual uh, setting up of the organization in itself uh, was an initiative of the Soviets. Um, that can explain, explain a lot. Anyway, I just, um, and I, I, want to, uh, I want to show uh, just a few slides of a few uh, personalities which are, um, which are part of, uh, of our discussion. And let's see, is, uh, the screen is always tricky. And where is it? Hold on. PowerPoint and no. Okay, here it is. Right. Uh, do you see the uh, Do you see the uh, the uh, first slide? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, uh, these are uh, these are the the relevant people uh, to our discussion tonight. Um, on the right hand side, uh, Lenin, uh, who is could be called the um, the Pope of uh, agitation or propaganda the chief rabbi of moving a people uh, and uh, towards a revolution. Uh, the second uh, person in the middle is somebody who is less, uh, less known, but is extremely important uh, to our uh, discussion. And he's, that's a, a, the photograph of a German communist called Billy Munzenberg. And uh, this guy, um, came to Lenin uh, and promoted a, uh, a global plan to instill communism in the Western world. And in one sentence, uh, uh, he's the guy who invented the whole idea of a front organizations where people um, are very active for a, uh, for a purpose they believe in and have no idea they're serving something entirely different. Uh, the third one is more, uh, is more well known, and this is General Giap uh, of North Vietnam, head of the Viet Cong and head of the uh, North Vietnamese army. And this is the guy who led a small agrarian nation to defeat the uh, world uh, superpower, uh, the United States, in a battle that took about 20 years and um, and uh, ended up in a in a in an immense victory uh, for the North Vietnamese. Um, so what is this guy got uh, to do with us? That comes to the next uh, next slide. And this is um, a, a photograph which uh, was taken in the late 60s, beginning of the 70s, Arafat came uh, to learn the art of how uh, to defeat a, a military power which is stronger than you are. 
Um, you already know the, uh, I assume you know the, the, um, the trick of uh, the, uh, the uh, subliminal message by the form of the Kafia of Arafat, which is just one indicator that Arafat uh, was going uh, to change its, uh, to change its uh, phase or the, or the mode of strategy uh, and leave terrorism and uh, this and, and uh, go into the business of human rights and the two states, the two people and the sole uh, democratic, uh, the secular democratic uh, government in, the, in the, the land of Palestine for the Palestinians side by side with Israel. It's all this whole, uh, this whole charade. Uh, this one, this thing that he had learned uh, from Giap. Giap in one sentence, he's formulated his doctrine as the real fight is not in the jungles of Vietnam, but in the streets of Washington. Mainly, you, uh, in order to win, you, uh, you need mainly to fight on the political battle. So, um, I will say at this uh, stage, since the minutes are running uh, tremendously fast, I would say I normally don't get to use my conclusion. So I say my conclusion at the beginning. Um, the, in the terms of psychological warfare or, or propaganda, if you wish, uh, the Palestinians have only, have never invented anything new, perhaps besides the uh, suicide bombing campaign. Um, they have copied to the letter the campaign of the Jewish Yishuv, which was done against the British and uh, copied it step by step um, following the logic that if it was successful for the Jews, it will be successful for the Palestinians. To a large extent, they were quite right. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say is that if we want uh, to achieve victory, what we need to do is to copy from the Palestinians who copied uh, from us uh, in the late 1940s. Now, how did the Palestinians achieve that? So I would like to go to the uh, next slide. Um, where is the next slide? It just ran away from me. Um, stop share, hold on, and I'll soon share again. Well, on. Okay, so uh, in a nutshell, in a very, very small nutshell, what are the, what are the essentials of psychological warfare, which the Palestinians uh, have learned so effectively from the uh, North Vietnamese, uh, is first of all, you have to learn and to truly, truly understand enemy culture. Secondly, you have to drive a wedge within its society. In every society, there are differences, uh, there are, um, there are arguments, uh, there is between the veterans and the newcomers, there's between the people who came from the West and people who came from the East. 
it's uh, it's always the the religious and the non-religious they're always there, uh, but the society learns how to uh, how to cope with it and reach some sort of a modus modus vivendi. So what you, the psychological operator needs to drive a wedge and and plant the schism, plant and and create the uh, schism between the uh, uh, parts of society of enemy society. Uh, third, uh, third principle is lowering the morale of the enemy, which doesn't need any further uh, explanation. Uh, what's the essence of what, what are the components of morale um, is the is the belief that we are right and that it is the second element is that it is worthwhile to suffer now for a brighter future. So what the uh, psychological warfare uh, practitioner or officer or whatever uh, needs to do is to, uh, to persuade the enemy that it's not right and persuade the enemy that the future is not bright uh, for him and he is eventually going to lose. So this is about morale and about the themes that need to be, uh, that need to be um, promoted. Uh, it, it's the overarching theme is the shift from asset to liability. You wish to persuade your enemy that what you thought so far uh, as is an asset in our particular case, the uh, maintaining or staying in the uh, in Judea and Samaria, uh, in, or in the Gaza Strip, uh, or um, or in the Golan Heights, or anywhere, what you think is an asset like security, uh, uh, things like that. Uh, it's basically a liability. And the liability has to come up in many forms. It's a diplomatic liability, it's an image liability, it's financial liability, it's psychological liability, it's the ethical liability. You're suffering so much, so why keep on with everything? The last, uh, the last um, element of, of Palestinian psychological warfare is, <clears throat> is what I call segmentation. You have to define your uh, uh, target audiences and um, direct the message to each target audience. Sometimes these are conflicting messages, but you have to find a way of dealing, of dealing with that. Um, about enemy culture, uh, Israel lost um, big time. Uh, Israel was, uh, was blessed with people who came in the 1950s, 40s and 50s from Arab countries who knew the, uh, who knew the Arab culture intimately. But uh, as, as a general rule, um, the uh, people who came from Arab countries, the Jews who came from Arab countries, uh, were ashamed of their, uh, or were led to be ashamed, that's a sociological question, uh, to uh, be ashamed of their culture and they suppressed it. And we lost an enormous, enormous asset in uh, truly understanding 
um, of Arab culture, Arab mentality, uh, Arab way of thinking, etc. At the same time, the Palestinians who uh, from day one founded a uh, institute for Israel studies in within the PLO, uh, then it branched out and, and, and it, uh, it had um, uh, subdivisions that it was, it was very large. They read everything uh, which Israel produced, the, the, the daily news, uh, the, um, um, uh, the publications of Karen Kayemet or whatever was produced in the literature, whatever was produced by Israel in order to understand Israeli, uh, Israeli culture. Um, Arafat uh, was a major uh, operator who managed to deceive uh, due to his colorful uh, personality, his knowledge, uh, his character, uh, etc., uh, deceived, I guess, the majority of Israeli leaders. Now, um, it, the way that the Palestinians were working was uh, to drive a wedge within uh, Israeli society. That is to uh, give ammunition to those who promoted the uh, continuing stay in Judea and Samaria and present them as lunatics, etc. The another psychological uh, uh, strategy which the Palestinian used, which is irrelevant uh, to our case, is the uh, principle of guilt. Uh, if you ever forward uh, a, a Palestinian refugee camp in Gaza, and you were walking here, uh, in the, I won't call it streets, in the dirt roads, flooded with sewage uh, and no electricity and enormous heat in the summer and, uh, and cold in the winter, you cannot come out very Zionistic uh, after such a thought. And they managed a huge, or they, put together a huge operation of visits uh, by leading um, decision makers and influencers, teachers, priests, uh, artists, intellectuals, uh, academics, and uh, lower and middle uh, level political leaders, later on uh, higher level political leaders, and brought them through the uh, through the grinder, um, and of course leaving the the refugees uh, in their state, uh, so there will be the proper scenery. Whatever Israel tried to do uh, for the uh, uh, for the refugees in Gaza or in Balata near Shem, uh, it was uh, according to the doctrine immediately subverted and people who followed this were severely punished. Um, so after a short while, Israel was, uh, uh, was led to believe that there's no point in investing any money with the sewage and uh, et cetera, and, uh, and gave, up, gave up the effort, which created the, um, in a vicious circle, created the image of misery, which is what the PLO uh, wanted to project. Um, 
In all in all, uh, the idea of using the campaign was to eliminate the, uh, eliminate the uh, military achievements of the Six Day War. And to a large success, a large uh, extent, they, uh, they succeeded. Uh, the Palestinians have a uh, <clears throat> de facto state. Uh, they have embassies uh, more than the more than uh, Israel around the world. Uh, they are on the world agenda uh, anytime they wish. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, enormously well-funded uh, organization, um, and um, and normally um, uh, Israel is at the loss in trying uh, to deal uh, with any initiative that comes from the, uh, from the parts of today uh, of the PA. Um, right, so what uh, um, I suggest, Ashley, how much time do I have more? Um... I think we should go for some Q and if that's okay. Do you have, if you have any? Okay, I'll just con say, I'll conclude my, I'll conclude my, uh, <coughs> my so far presentation. Uh, first of all, uh, we need to go to follow uh, the Palestinian, uh, the Palestinian campaign. It's a six-decade campaign. It was not achieved in a day, uh, and uh, we should take uh, uh, note of that. Uh, is if we want the, to, to um, insert the uh, victory, the idea of victory. So if we want to follow the Soviet model, uh, first of all, we have to uh, formulate uh, a goal, uh, which is an annexation. Uh, it's radical, uh, but in a slow, in a slow process, uh, as the Palestinians manage to get a two-state solution or whatever, um, gradually from the far periphery into the center, uh, that could be uh, the, sa the same idea. Uh, go through the sectors of Palestinian society, is the security, uh, the political, who is going to win, who is going to lose, economical, uh, who is going to win, who is going to lose and promote that. Uh, and driving a wedge within the uh, Palestinian uh, factions and sections, which is not difficult at all. Um, lowering morale, uh, encouraging emigration, uh, which is taking place anyway, emigration, uh, uh, financial emigration, uh, etc. And finally, finally, is something that what we need to do. I personally believe. I personally believe that the settlers will be those who will uh, bring peace or coexistence with the uh, Palestinian Arabs. And they, the settlers need to open up uh, to uh, the Palestinian culture uh, in terms of language, not to speak just the barrier language, open up your car or give me your ID, uh, but um, really go into learning Arabic, understanding the neighbors, uh, playing together, fighting against each other when, it, when they need, but they are neighbors. They are house to house occasionally. So there's, there is really no point in fighting, uh, but uh, by creating back 
the uh, background, the cultural uh, understanding uh, of uh, our surrounding and not learn it in the university or whatever, uh, is the uh, true way uh, of, um, of inserting the idea that we should live in coexistence and we should live in peace, but we should be secure and the future belongs to Israel and to no one else. That's it. Thank you very much for your remarks. Uh, we, we are short on time, but we have quite a few uh, uh, questions. So if maybe you could uh, give as brief an answer as possible to some of these, because it's, it's, it's quite a lot of interesting questions. The first okay. one is uh, from Hans-Peter Boeci. Um, the practically unconditional support by the UN, the European nations, et cetera, et cetera, uh, who back the Palestinians in the fight against Israel, why do they all support the PA and how is it possible to end that support? It's a campaign that uh, was not achieved in a day. In the first few decades, Israel was in total control and uh, was so oblivious of any other initiatives uh, so they didn't realize the encroachment of the PLO uh, and the enormous work which they have uh, done on the UN in mapping, in stating who can be a potential assistant, who is in opposition to be neutralized, who needs to be bribed, who needs to be threatened, who needs to be persuaded, who needs to be invited, invited <coughs> to a fact-finding tour, et cetera, et cetera. It's a campaign that took them decades, uh, not to mention, of course, the Soviet help, uh, but uh, th that was a given. But uh, the idea is how to penetrate the uh, uh, the interest map of the of the West, um, and they managed it, and it's not easy to uh, to repeat. I'm sorry, it's not difficult to uh, see how it was done and do the same the same thing. Thank you. Uh, we have a question from the uh, president of the Middle East uh, Forum, uh, Dr. Daniel Pipes. He uh, asks, you propose an Israeli goal of annexation. How about instead the goal of demoralizing the Palestinians so they no longer have the will to continue to fight? It's, um, it's a tactic. It, it, uh, we have to, to test whatever works. <clears throat> if it works this way, it works this way. If not, then we should uh, use another, another tactic. Not talking about expulsion, not talking about transfer, talking uh, rightly about inserting an idea of victory, of Israeli victory. This goes into the section of uh, lowering enemy morale um, and it needs to be uh, pounded uh, that the future of Israel is Israel. It's very difficult because the Palestinians are going now towards religion. Religion has a much larger space of, uh, of hoping for a better future. It could be decades, or in the Jewish case, it could be uh, millennia. Uh, so in that case, so we need to work on secularis secularization rather than to fight the, uh, the religious aspects of it. Okay, well, I think we have time for one last question uh, from Yudit, who says, thank you so much for your uh, fascinating presentation. 
Can you give an example of how the Palestinians adopted an Israeli example of narrative that could be used by Israelis and Jews today? Ah, that's a tough one. The classical example is the Exodus. Um, the Haganah wanted to embarrass the British uh, um, for, uh, who did not allow um, immigration to Israel um, in, uh, in the, after 1945. Uh, so organized the huge operation of Exodus. The Palestinians uh, have repeated that in the Al-Awda affair where they put uh, people who were expelled uh, from Judea and Samaria to Jordan and put them on a ship uh, from Cyprus uh, that was uh, supposed to be uh, going to, uh, to Israel and embarrass Israel. Uh, the ship somehow sunk in the harbor uh, and never, uh, when it was empty uh, and uh, never, went, never went anywhere. They repeated the operation with the Mabi Marmara, uh, uh, et cetera. Um, what can be, that can be done in, uh, by Israel is I think uh, the Palestinian, uh, in, in the mid 1940s, the international media was all for Israel. Uh, many American reporters were Jews and they reported from British mandate Palestine. Um, and uh, reported favorably on the Jews and negatively on the Arabs. Um, and that if you want to read, I have a book which is uh, coming up in a few, in a few months about the, uh, together with Danny Seaman on, um, uh, on the foreign media coverage of Israel. But if you want to read a fascinating book, uh, how the Palestinian took hold of international media was written by, uh, by who? What's his name? He was a Canadian. He was a Canadian radio, uh, Jim Lederman. Um, a fascinating book, which uh, is uh, shows how the Palestinian took over the international media. Um, we need to repeat that and see how they took over the international media in a slow process, in a costly process in terms of funds, uh, and we should uh, repeat them. This is, uh, this is, this, it, it, it is possible. It needs uh, large sums of money, a lot of attention, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, preparations, uh, consultancy. And it could be done. World media can be uh, can be won again if we put our effort into it. This is just one. This is just one example out of uh, out of many. Um, okay. Uh, thank you very much. I think we've come to the end of this webinar. Thank you very much, okay. Dr. Schleifer, for your presentation, your answer to the questions. Um, just to let everybody know that for the next two weeks, because of the Passover holiday, we will not be having an Israel Insider uh, webinar on Wednesday. Um, and I'd like to take this opportunity to wish all our viewers uh, happy holidays with, with uh, Passover, with Easter and Ramadan all coinciding. And uh, we'll carry on shortly after. Thank you very, very much, Dr. Schleifer, again. And have a good day or good evening, wherever you are. Thank you very much.